0: Find us on Twitter at SuperflexShow, and join us in the discussion of the fastest growing format in all of fantasy football, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show.
1: are listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season.
0: Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I am your host, Dan Myler. With me again this week, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. We, we're just coming off a uh, weekend bender guys and by bender i guess i mean just a trip to chicago we all got to see each other's faces which is rare for us usually we work together but it's always on the intrawebs rather than face to face we got to have some fun in chicago and this episode of the podcast fellas is is really one of my favorites we've ever done at least a, a really good idea and ryan you came up with it, it we're going to we're gonna recap our weekend in Chicago, but mix in a little bit of Dynasty flavor as we go. Matt, how was your trip to Chicago all the way from San Diego?
2: Man, it was a lot of fun. It was it was really cool just walking into the airport and seeing you guys walk up and it'd be just being like, "Hey, what's up, guys?" Like like we've been we could, you know basically been friends for forever. Uh, so that was maybe my favorite part of it, but all the games and everything we played, and all the food we ate. I don't think I uh, was was hungry the entire weekend. I, in fact, I came back with a stomach ache. So, <laughs> so we had a good time, man. It was awesome.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And you mentioned that we—if uh, I'd have known really that when we saw you in the airport, that would have been the highlight of the weekend, we'd have just turned around, right, Brian? <laughs> that'd have been it for for Matt.
1: Yeah, that, that was enough, Matt Price. Uh, <laughs> No, no, it was it was a great weekend though getting to hang out with you guys um and and getting to meet some other folks uh, in the in the Chicago area that are in this fantasy community as well. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Can't wait to do it again.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to do it again indeed. We uh, we had a lot of fun and things really started on Thursday when when all of us kind of got together. Matt joined us Thursday evening and you know, on top of meeting some of the dynasty and, and fantasy minds in general, like Matt said, we got to eat a lot of really good food and meet some randoms from the Chicago area, including somebody called Shine Kelly. And... Yeah. <laughs> or or Shelly. Some, some may uh, disagree with me, but... I met Shushine Kelly on the street on on Michigan Avenue. She was loud. She was very voiceless. She had an opinion about everything, uh, including her right eye, which she called dead, and her left eye, which she called what I should look at. Uh, I walked outside of the Disney store while the others were inside, and Shushine Kelly said to me, you have to look at this eye because this is the this is the good one. The other one's dead. And she, I, I calmly said, I don't really want to shoe shine. Thanks a lot. I'll just show you what it is. Shoe shine. Kelly went on to shine my shoes, my my sneakers, really that really didn't need a shining, although they did look better after she was done with her work. But about. I would say 94% of the way through she told me what the price was and it was 8 per shoe the tips on you. So my eyes got about as big as an orange and I I had to confirm the price with her so I ended up spending $20 on a shoe shine on sneakers that were barely worth 20 bucks to start with. I got hustled. I got worked over by shoe shine Kelly. And although some say her name is Shoeshine Shelley, we haven't been able to confirm. We're going to twist this, spin it into some of the dynasty, into the dynasty realm, I guess, and say, I got ripped off. I got ripped off in Chicago on the first day I was there. Who are some of the players, guys, that are ripoffs in dynasty leagues? So these players cost more than we expect, but they're... They're, and they're not going to produce to that level on the field. Ryan, who's your Shushan Kelly in Dynasty?
1: Yeah, that that was a pretty crazy experience to to really start our weekend. Uh, just kind of a glimpse of what the big city is like. I know. Uh, I don't know that that Matt probably wouldn't have thought twice about that being from San Diego, but. For a couple guys from Kentucky and South Dakota, that was a little bit of a wild experience. And you definitely did get ripped off. (laughs) Um, I think uh, think a lot of dynasty owners are getting ripped off right now, too, especially those who might be participating in some late dynasty startup drafts. Uh, I look at the second round of ADP, and there's a handful of running backs that I'm concerned with. Uh, for for one reason or another, but Dalvin Cook, James Conner, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, some of these guys have injuries. Some uh, Gordon, namely, is is holding out. We've we know Le'Veon Bell sat out last year and now is with a new team that certainly uh, won't be as productive as uh, as what he had with his time with the Steelers. Dalvin Cook with with the injury history, a long injury history that that has me concerned. In short, I don't think any of those guys are worth a second-round pick right now. I look at some of the other, uh, some of the pass catchers also being drafted in the second round. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Amari Cooper, Stefan Diggs. Those are the guys that I would be investing uh, a second-round pick in. So these these running backs in the second round, uh, I think, might look like a ripoff uh, this season.
0: Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from, and, and maybe I would challenge you on a couple of guys, Gurley is real high on my list compared to some of the other running backs. Uh, I'm not nearly as concerned as most others are. It seems to be more of a long-term concern to me. So if if we're tech- talking about 2019 only, I'm not nearly as concerned about Gurley as many other dynasty owners are. So, so if I'm a contender, Gurley is firmly in my running back one ranks. I feel great about putting him in my lineup. Maybe, maybe that changes in a year, two, three, who knows how long, but, but Gurley doesn't seem to fit to me in that second round running backs that I think are, are a quote unquote rip off. And slowly, I'm starting to come around on Delvin Cook just a little bit. While I agree with you that second round makes me eerie or leery, I I'm still, I'm starting to think that maybe considering the offensive coordinator, the coaching staff there, what they're going to have to do running the football uh, with that quarterback in place with Kirk Cousins, it just seems like he's going to be, he's going to be the guy, he's going to be the bell cow, multiple big games, uh, we, could, we could see multiple games with 20 plus touches, uh, maybe even regularly. Because the depth chart there in Minnesota, as long as Cook is healthy, it seems like he's going to be on the field and getting those touches. So, you know, Matt, you can chime in as well on these guys. I, I really feel like Gurley doesn't belong in this list for sure. Gordon, Bell, Connor, I have those same concerns. Maybe Cook kind of feel like maybe he could be he could be a bargain where he's drafted yeah I don't I don't mind
2: the second round price on these guys uh, I, I I probably would avoid you know Le'Veon Bell probably uh, out of this group and definitely James Connor those are two guys I'm definitely low on but Cook Gurley and Gordon they feel you know kind of appropriately priced there obviously I'm we're worried about Gordon missing however long he's gonna miss uh and but I'm with you with Dan on on Cook I'm I'm starting to come around a little bit as I see him creeping you know further towards the back end of that second round like it just seems like that's that's somebody who could easily be a first round pick next year if he stays healthy but I understand where Ryan's coming from with the injury history there too because that's certainly scary and Madison seems to look the part so far in camp so uh, I think I would I would I would be out on Connor and Bell and the other three I think they're they're fine you know I'm not necessarily avoiding them not necessarily targeting them but I, I think they're probably fine in that range um for my guys I picked Damian Williams uh I took who's he's, he's my first pick there I just we've talked about this a bunch guys I just can't get behind a guy who's running back is 27 last season was the first time he's ever hit 50 carries in a season you know he's already dealing with his hamstring injury in camp and we know how the off-season report, training camp reports go with 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 coaches glowing over players, but Hyde seems to be taking uh, a lot of opportunity there and making the most of it. And uh, still like Darwin Thompson behind him. So I'm just not really willing to spend a fourth-round startup pick or, you know, if you're going to send a center, center rookie pick, uh, certainly not a late first for, for a guy like that. It just seems too risky for me for, you know, one, maybe two years of production, if that, if he if he even doesn't get usurped this year. So uh, he's my first guy, and then the second one, we've also talked about this offseason, Zach Ertz. Yeah, I just think he hit – he blew through his career highs last year, and I just don't think that's ever going to happen again. It was kind of the perfect storm of injury situations and, and, and him just being the focal point of the offense, and I just don't see that happening again. He had 156 targets last year, 46 more than his career high, 1,163 yards, 339 more than his career high. Um, so I think he's going to drop back towards that. The last three or four years, he's had a, a, been in kind of the 800 yard range. So I think we're going to see him drop back to the pack a little bit there. And I'd just rather, if I'm going to spend that kind of capital on a tight end, I'd rather wait maybe a round or two and take one of the youngsters uh, and, and avoid Ertz there. So Damian Williams, Zach Ertz, uh, I'm out on them guys in, in 2019.
0: Yeah, I, I I feel you on that, Matt, for sure. Damian Williams, especially if I was going to mention one player. In, in this exercise, the guys that are, again, quote-unquote, rip-offs, Damian Williams comes to mind immediately. First of all, you're not getting what da- Damian Williams' ADP suggests, uh, that kind of value in, in any kind of trade. If, if you happen to pick up Damian Williams last year and you're trying to trade uh, trade him now because maybe you're not contending, maybe you don't believe, you're not getting anybody near him in ADP so i'm I'm really concerned that way and and otherwise there's there's other good players in Kansas City not only at the running back position but throughout that offense they're gonna spread the ball around and even if they they do go run heavy in a particular game or even all season with Hyde. Matt, you mentioned Darwin Thompson. Maybe the list goes on and on beyond that, and and there are some other guys that that could become valuable throughout the season. It just seems too risky to invest that kind of draft pick into Damian Williams, at least from my perspective. So so I agree with you wholeheartedly, Damian Williams. If there's one guy that's a, a, a ripoff this year, it, it is Damian Williams. Since you chose him, though, I'm going to... Switch gears just a little bit, and I'll go with anybody in Washington, Buffalo, or Miami. Those three cities really have me concerned. Um, in Washington, particularly outside of Darius Geis, who had a, a ADP of forty-eight in July. Things drop off drastically from there. Trey Quinn at 181, Adrian Peterson at 185, then Terry McLaurin at 188, Jordan Reed at 199, and 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 then we finally, you know, we get into the 200s. There just se- doesn't seem to be much value there. It's because, you know, like all of these teams, it feels like we as dynasty owners and, and fantasy owners in general are guessing. When it comes to who's going to be productive in Washington and then in Buffalo, who has who has a rookie running back at 125, then LaShawn McCoy at 145 and John Brown at 146 and Zay Jones at 157 and Robert Foster at 168. It seems like we're all as a group guessing on who's going to be productive. Miami's the same way. Kenyon Drake is at 69 and sure to fall. In August ADP. After that, Mike Gasecki at 153, Kalen Bilaj at 159, Devonte Parker at 164, and the list goes on. It seems like these three teams are are a cesspool to me. They there there's nothing that is valuable in Washington, Buffalo, or Miami. So those three cities represent the the ripoff to me.
2: The only one I'd argue with you a little bit is John Brown, just because he's so cheap. I think, I can't remember right, but I think we said he was like wide receiver 64 or something when we, when we were talking about him in a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so I'm at that price, I think I'm willing to take a chance on him, but otherwise, I, I think I completely agree. M- maybe got Mike Gusecki. Maybe Mike Gusecki.
0: Sure, there's guys that, that we're willing to take a shot on, but there's certainly not a lot of guys, at least, that that we're counting on, that, that we're thinking we're going to mine some, some fantasy points from in those cities. With that, let's go on to Friday, the second day of our trip to Chicago. Matt, of course, had arrived in the Windy City. And we met one of our listeners in Chicago. It was Ronnie at FF underscore TD Jesus, who had us as our guests on an architecture cruise throughout the city. Guys, we had a lot of fun on on that boat. We learned a lot about the city, which I wasn't really really ready for. I, I didn't know that I was about to take a lesson in architecture in Chicago when I got on that boat. I thought I was in it for a fun ride on a boat throughout the city and uh, maybe have a drink or two, and it'd be a good time. But uh, great host, and Ronnie was great as well. The best thing about that trip, or that at least the boat ride, was it was free. Ronnie had us as our as his private guests, uh, and and it was a lot of fun. We also got to talk to Ronnie afterwards, uh, got to talk a little fantasy football, a little bit of Dynasty, learn a little bit about what Ronnie's up to on his teams this year. So big thank you to Ronnie. So our topic here, Matt, who is the player that is currently quote-unquote free, as our ride with Ronnie was? Uh, so outside of the top 20, in ADP that could offer a great return in 2019 and beyond. Dang, Dan, the best part was that it was free? That's... (laughs) That's uh, that's kind of a little. That's kind of mean to
2: Ronnie. I thought Ronnie was the best part. So you can uh, you can hang out with me, Ronnie, anytime. Uh, and Dan, we're gonna make him buy the beers the next time we're in town. So, uh, <laughs> I went with Justin Jackson. Uh, we just talked about Melvin Gordon a little bit, and I said I didn't mind his second round startup price, uh, but you know, I am I am a little bit worried because he doesn't have the same kind of restrictions uh, that. That uh, uh, Ezekiel necessarily has, although I guess he blew through those today. Right, fellas? correct me if I if I'm wrong. If he did report to training camp, I'm assuming not. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm a, I, before before that before today, I was I was a little bit more worried about Gordon than than, than Zeke getting to town. I just kind of feel like there's less of a chance that the Chargers are going to pay him. You know, we have history with that team going back to Vincent Jackson and then him sitting out basically an entire year because they didn't want to pay him before he uh, moved on. Uh, so this is just a cheap team, and and if if Gordon does in fact sit out you know, a portion or maybe even the entire 2018 or 2019 season for some reason, then, you know, we're pointing to Austin Eckler as the guy there, but I, I just, I just think that Justin Jackson profiles more as kind of an every down back. And I think that we saw that when Eckler got more of the workload last year, that his efficiency dropped, and he, a lot of his production came off of uh, you know, kind of misdirection plays and, and and really the the defense is feeding off of what Gordon was doing and him coming in and, and kind of being that change of pace guy. So Justin Jackson, uh, all four years in, in college, he averaged about 285 carries a year so he can handle the workload uh, almost 1200 yards in every single season just his freshman year about 1187 and up to a 1500 yard season and 15 touchdowns in his junior year you know an athletic guy as well 87th percentile with a sub 7-3 cone six-eight-one, which is something I really like to see uh, 93rd percentile in a short shuttle 89th percentile in the vert so I just feel like this guy kind of has it all we know he can handle the workload he, he's proven to be durable didn't miss any games in college at all so So at 204 overall, I just I think I know that's going to change in August here. I'm sure coming up, but at 204 overall right now, I just kind of would rather have him, I think, than Eckler. You know, who's probably going to several rounds higher than Justin Jackson at this point.
1: Ryan, who do you have? Yeah, I had uh, I I like the Justin Jackson call there. I think Eckler is pretty expensive. Melvin Gordon insurance right now, and, and Jackson is is much cheaper. So I think that's a good call. I had Jordan Thomas here, the Texans' uh second-year tight end. Texans moved on from Ryan Griffin, their uh their longtime starter there. They they released him this offseason. I was looking up some numbers for Thomas. He played about half the snaps, just a little under half the snaps a year ago. Griffin was at 82%, but even even on uh less than half the total snaps for the season, Jordan Thomas was ninth among all tight ends in red zone catches, and he was eighth among all tight ends in touchdowns. So we're going to see, uh, obviously, uh, see Thomas be much more involved this season. I think he's, he's probably still on a lot of dynasty waiver wires. Uh, if you're doing a dynasty startup, there's a chance he may not even get picked, depending on how deep your league is. But I think he's a guy we should be looking at uh, as a possible breakout tight end. I like both of those guys, uh, and and the and
0: the guy I chose this this year is a relatively deep sleeper. I guess that probably qualifies as a deep sleeper for you as well, Ryan. Uh, my guy is Keith Kirkwood, and I, you know, all off season fellas, it's it's felt to me like I've been looking at that that Saints roster and thinking to myself, who's going to be the guy. Who's going to be the next guy? Who's going to be that, that third guy, really, in New Orleans that's going to pick up, put up these fantasy points? I know we have Elvin Kamara, who, who doesn't have really any uh, competition for touches in the backfield. And, and we have Michael Thomas, who's the obvious number one wide receiver. But beyond that, there's guys like Ted Ginn and Jared Cook, who was added this offseason, who personally I'm not a real big believer in, Traquan Smith, uh, Simi Cobbs, and Rashard Matthews, and Emmanuel Butler, all these guys, the list goes on and on, really. But the name that sticks out to me, really, is Keith Kirkwood, who, if you remember back to late last season, had a really strong finish to the year. Um, in fact, he he had... He had multiple good games for the for the Saints offense and was even perhaps a uh, a go-to guy for Drew Brees at times last season. So um, while there are a lot of names on that depth chart and a lot of guys in the pecking order that could get looks, and, and news out of New Orleans has suggested that Kirkwood has had a good start to the offseason and that... It seems like Breeze has latched on to him as the next guy in line there with the Saints. Uh all those things point to to investing in in a free price tag of Keith Kirkwood.
1: Yeah, it's it's never a bad idea to get to get a piece of that Saints offense. Uh I think I don't know, I, I just still have the feeling that the Saints want it to be Traycon Smith, but we saw just from him last year it's you know, he was, he was so up and down, so inconsistent, uh, when he, even when he got a chance at some increased playing time. So, um, while Kirkwood, as you kind of mentioned, was, was the steady option there when called upon. So I think ideally for, for the saints, it's Traquan Smith who steps up or Jared Cook who, who fills that gap, but uh, it, it certainly could be Kirkwood.
0: Yeah. And to be fair, we should mention that it's not like, like Kirkwood blew the Blew the doors off the place and, and had uh, multiple six-plus catch games or anything like that, multi-touchdown games. Uh, it did seem like he had a little bit of a, a repertoire with with the quarterback there and, and maybe, maybe that they could get something going. Uh, the, the positive news out of New Orleans really early in camp and, and from multiple beat writers as well makes me feel like maybe they have something there with Keith Kirkwood. Uh, we'll see what happens. In 2019 with him. So the following day. in Back to our trip. In Chicago. Uh, a new thing for Ryan and myself. Um, not so much for Matt though. Matt was the Larry Fitzgerald of our group. Uh, meanwhile, Ryan and myself. We were the Christian Kirk and, and Andy Isabella of the group. Because we we took part in an escape room. For the first time, uh, something I've I've wanted to do for a really long time, and man, it was a lot of fun. We were we were able to break out of that escape room uh, with plenty of time to spare, Matt. Thanks to you, mostly. Uh, he was certainly our leader in the group, but we're we're kind of thinking twisting it back to the dynasty realm again. Who is the player that you expect to be the breakout? in 2019 man yeah you forgot to
2: tell them the name of the room it's Roaring Dan's Pirate Dungeon we got out we got out of there before those pirates got back to us huh <laughs> no doubt uh, <laughs> uh, let's go uh, I picked uh, I picked Mark Andrews here been one of my favorite t- uh, tight ends to acquire this offseason uh, we know the story with him. He's super productive with, with Lamar Jackson, really the only receiver in that game last season once Lamar Jackson took over over the helm from, from Flacco there. And only three starts. He did play in all games, but in only three starts, he he got 550 yards and three touchdowns for us. In college, he had, his junior year, he had almost 1,000 yards receiving. So this guy is going to be one of the primary weapons. And I know we got those new high-flying rookies coming in, uh, um, but I really think that Andrew is kind of going to be the focal point of that off, uh, passing offense once again, you know, volume, I guess, could be an issue, although he did get 50 last season. So, you know, extrapolate that out as a full-time starter. And and uh, uh, I think we can see a special season him. Probably not quite 1,000 yards, but if, I bet if he can get up in that 800-yard range, we'd be pretty happy with that. And uh, he might be one of those guys that I think we're talking about in like the, you know, maybe not quite in that tight end 5-7 to seven range where we have O.J. Howard and, uh, you know, Ninjoku and, and Ingram and, and Hunter Henry, but maybe a spot just below that, uh, if, if not already ascending into that tier as we enter 2020.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with, with the Andrews call. And in fact, it, it feels like we're already valuing him basically as, as a tight end one, like you said, not quite to, um, to that range, but getting close. Uh, I went with a a Raven for this question as well. Um, A rookie Justice Hill, who just, the more I think about this offense, the more I hear about hear training camp reports and things like that, the more excited I am about Justice Hill who he brings the speed to that offense. Uh, We already know they're going to run the ball a ton. You know, Mark Ingram has not been the past couple of years with, with playing alongside Kamara. He's, he's not had the chance to really have that workhorse role. So we'll see how, how he handles that as he transitions kind of back to that role, what he was used to uh, pre Alvin Kamara um, but if if he can't handle that, uh, th- I, there is some injury concern with him based on uh, his uh, his earlier career. That would of course mean even more of an opportunity for Hill.
0: And I I like both of those choices, uh, guys. I went outside of the Baltimore Ravens roster, and and I went to a, a relatively well known guy to dynasty owners, and that second year receiver in Green Bay. Marquez Valdez scantling i I really feel like with the news that that he's gonna man that interior position the the Randall Cobb role the the slot guy in Green Bay it seems like that at least to me has been has been a really fruitful position for dynasty owners now that doesn't necessarily mean that i I don't feel like like Geronimo Allison. Uh, could have a nice season on the outside because history has shown that that the primary outside receiver opposite the number one receiver in green bay uh can be can be a really really prominent have a pretty pretty prominent role in that offense and and that could translate to big numbers for dynasty and and fantasy owners. It just seems to me that valdez scantling has taken the step forward. Uh, throughout his the end of his first season and and now into his second season and if he's truly going to play inside in that offense as long as that coaching staff continues to use three wide receivers as as that team has in the past and as it seems like Aaron Rodgers prefers the Marquez Valdez Scantling is going to get lots of opportunity in that offense and as we all know opportunity is king in fantasy. If Valda Scantling is, is getting targeted 8, 10, maybe even more times in a game from Aaron Rodgers, one of the most accurate quarterbacks we've ever seen, man, that adds up to a big season for dynasty owners. So so I want MVS on my teams. I don't have to trade for him because I picked him in the third round of, of most rookie drafts last year. Um, but but you guys made made great choices as well. I like Justice Hill. I like Mark Andrews as well. Uh, let's move on. In our Chicago weekend, we we actually after after that successful afternoon doing Dan's Pirate Dungeon or whatever it was called, Matt. We we decided to go back and do the escape room again, but this time we fell second short of escaping. Due to a technical glitch, I'm sure it was. It had nothing to do with me or any other participant in the activity. Um, but but we were unable to escape, escape. Who is the player you'd like to escape from or trade away that you found it difficult to get proper value for, Matt?
2: I went Sony Michelle. Um, I I'm just not willing to spend a talk top 50 pick on him. And I don't think people are really willing to spend that much on him in trade value either. Uh, and, and one of Ryan's kitchen sink leads, I had an opportunity to sell him for, uh, a late first and a late third in 2020, and I, I, I didn't take it. I wish I had at this point, uh, and I don't think I can get that now. I've I've offered him for a single first and multiple multiple spots, uh, and just can't get bites. So he's the one for me. Uh, if 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 you're in startups now and you're spending a top 50 pick on Sony Michelle, I just I, I just don't know if I really get it. There's so many players going after him currently that that I would rather have guys like Miles Sanders, even Corey Davis, Tyler Lockett, O.J. Howard. You know all these guys I, w- I would feel more comfortable with in Sony. Michelle going forward he's 24 years old same age as Zeke and Kamara so uh, I just I'm I'm not buying it I just he doesn't have the receiving upside and if he doesn't get a touchdown for you each week I think you're going to be really sad with him in your lineup if he's even on the field to begin with
0: so for the record Matt 24 is is an old running back it is for a second year running back right (laughs) (laughs) no I'm I'm just busting your chops Uh, Ryan who do you have I I suspect it's a running back as well
1: yeah, I I nearly listed Sony Michelle on this question as well, but I went with uh, another guy kind of in the same situation. I went with Darius Geis, um, another second-year running back uh, who had the had the injury a year ago, of course, and, and we did, didn't even see him on the field. The Redskins released their first depth chart, and it had Adrian Peterson at the top of the running back depth chart, not Darius Geis. Um, he... He's, you know, we know about the injury history, not just the ACL a year ago, but uh, this lingering hamstring issue he's had. Um, I'm just starting to kind of put him in that category of I'll believe it when I see it. I looked at some recent uh, trades involving him from the Dynasty Trade Finder on DLF. Uh, There were two trades where he was dealt for a, a future first and a future third. There was one trade... Uh, of Geis for Mark Ingram and Allen Robinson, another for AJ Green and Deontay Foreman, uh, another one of Geis and Corey Davis for Melvin Gordon. So uh, to me, those are all uh, examples of uh, Geis being a guy whose trade value does not match his his ADP. Uh, he's He's tough to sell if you've got him right now. Yeah, you guys hit the ball out of the park which is a tease for for
0: maybe our our next story from Chicago, uh, Michelle and Geis are perhaps the the two most uh, questionable or or undefinable players when it comes to value in Dynasty. I, I think if I were about to list two players, it, it was going to be Michelle and Geis. But since I was third to our agenda and had to choose somebody else, I mentioned Damian Williams, who we've already covered, uh then I quickly went on to Devonta Foreman or Devonta Freeman. Foreman is another question mark as well. Devonta Freeman and Marlon Mack. Those are the two guys that I feel just don't live up to their ADP when it comes to trade negotiation. Freeman's has for really years, guys. We've been talking about Devonta Freeman as the guy that we can't sell for his ADP for multiple seasons here. And in the past, maybe we talked about because it was Tevin Coleman was also in place. And, and there, there were so many other options in that offense, but Coleman's moved on. Nobody really replaced that role. It seems like Devonta Freeman is going to be the guy, but once again, he's a year older and, and we're starting to think, well, maybe, maybe us as a community won't value Freeman ever truly where, where he, he belongs. So, I've been trying to sell him in a couple places. It seems like it, it's a ride-or-die type of thing, and, and I'm going to die with Devonta Freeman. I'm going to take the points that he gets me because he's not going to get what he's worth, according to ADP, in trade. Same thing really can be said about Marlon Mack, but it's it's a little bit different, guys. He's he's a little bit younger He's in a, just like Freeman, I guess, in, in a quality offense with a good quarterback and a good passing game that should create opportunities for him. But Marlon Mack doesn't seem to get that, that ADP value that we we look at when we go to DLF and, and check out that ADP and, and try to figure out what kind of players we should be getting in return if I'm a contender, though, I don't feel nearly as good about having Marlon Mack in my starting lineup as I do about the other guys that we've talked about in this category. So Freeman, Mack, Sony, Michelle, Darius, Geis, all of these guys—it seems like we can't. We we'd like to escape, but it's difficult to.
1: Yeah, Dan. I I guess I'm surprised to see you have Mack listed because I know uh, in the past he's been a guy that you've targeted in trade. So. You mentioned it there, but do you just think it's a case of his adp is has risen too high to match the expectations you have yeah
0: i've I've always been a fan i I like the talent for sure, and especially in that Colts offense, which. You know, really shines a light on on those athletic players getting on the perimeter and and making plays on the edge. And Mac profiles as one of those guys and has shown that he can be that kind of player in that offense. With that all said, everything points to the Colts investing in the position relatively soon. So whether that means we have to wait all the way until next year's free agency or draft or. Or anything else, you know, it usually means, I guess, that that Mac is going to have a a really good season in 2019, which which I kind of feel like is coming, but you get out when the getting's good, right, Ryan? That's right. I just
2: think the sell point for him is, like you said, Dan. He's gonna. I think he's gonna be productive this year. So I just, I just feel like the 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 sell window is after we see him be productive. Maybe you don't wait till the end of the season if you're worried about one of these twenty twenty backs coming in. But honestly, I, I'm not really that worried about him losing his job. Maybe that's naive. I don't know. I just, you know, if he's productive in 2019 and stays healthy, which is something that's always been a little bit of a struggle for him as well, at least in the NFL. Uh, I just don't see them wanting to invest in one of those, those bigger backs. You know, maybe they bring in a complimentary piece, of course, but it just seems like they would keep the cheap, the cheap uh, guy on on the rookie contract if he's actually productive in 2019. And even if they don't, if you are worried about him getting replaced, then I would wait to sell until until later.
0: Yeah. There's, there's always the the, the trade deadline, right? That, that we can get rid of these kind of guys. And it's not like Naheem Hines or, or any of these other running backs that, or in Indianapolis, we're really concerned that they're going to take the early down role. And and what's nice is that Mac is also a, a nice player on third down, a good pass catcher, a guy between the tackles. He kind of mixes in everything, and that's the reason I really liked him or have in the past. It just it just feels like this weight on my shoulders that the time is ticking for Marlon Mack and and his opportunity to be the guy in a quality offense might be. You know, the finding the right opportunity to get rid of Marlon Mack, um, that's a priority for me. Maybe it's not today, as you mentioned, Matt. Maybe that's after Mack has a few good games. Maybe it's at the trade deadline for dynasty owners. But either way, I, I don't think I want to be going into 2020 with Marlon Mack as one of my top two running backs on my roster, no matter
1: what kind of season he has in
0: 2019.
1: Do you think the signing of... Uh, Deontay Foreman has any impact on Mac or do you think they're just taking a shot on somebody? It seems to me like they're, they saw some
0: good things out of a, out of a player that played for a team in their division and, and they'll give a shot yeah. to him. You know, maybe we can, uh, uncover the potential that, that we've seen in, in bursts from him. Like all of us dynasty owners have, and maybe that does happen, um, either way, at at the very least, as a Mac owner, it makes you think twice. Like at at the very least, the Colts are thinking eh, maybe we need an early down back to back up Marlon Mack.
2: I just think he's probably. The Spencer Ware replacement, you know, depending on I guess it, where you felt he was in the pecking order with with Jordan Wilkins and uh, Jonathan Williams, because Ware's hurt, they don't they don't want to keep or he wants to, to to settle up for an energy settlement. And he's probably not going to play for Indianapolis next year. So I kind of felt like it was just a just a replacement for him.
0: That I agree with that, but that doesn't mean that that he couldn't weasel his way into some work, uh, get an opportunity. He's he's still one. Marlon Mack injury away from getting multiple touches in a game, uh, goal line maybe maybe that kind uh, of job with the Colts and you know I, I'm leery at the very least. So with that, let's move on to the really the final day of our trip, guys. We on Sunday we attended the Cubs Brewers game at Wrigley, which, to be honest, and I'm a Brewers fan, it was on my list, something I really wanted to do. I wanted to go to Wrigley. I wanted to sit in the bleachers. Uh, I wanted to enjoy an entire baseball game from from Wrigley Field and and just do everything that, that all those Cubs fans and everybody I've ever talked to that has been to Wrigley has done. So we got the opportunity to do that. We actually sat in the front row the right field bleachers right behind my guy Christian Yelich who if you didn't know was the National League MVP a year ago and as we were walking into the stadium I told Ryan Yelich is going to hit his 37th home run of the year in this game and in the first inning when Yelich bombed one to left field and Ryan turned to me and said you called it Ryan thought to himself I wonder who Who's a home run in dynasty this year? Uh a player that's being highly valued, but you expect that value or maybe even more from their from their ADP. So, Matt, we'll go back to you to start. Again, who's your home run in 2019?
2: Yeah, this one was pretty easy for me. It's Christian McCaffrey. I just I, I there's all this discussion about them wanting to lower his workload and, you know, I just but I just don't see the, really the downside of, of Christian McCaffrey. Uh, even if they do limit his carries, you know, with Jordan Scarlett or Cameron Payne or, or whoever you think can, can do what – McCaffrey can do between the tackles I just think you're still going to have that receiving floor and maybe he doesn't break 100 receptions this year but you know I, 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 I couldn't ever see projecting him for less than like 85 80 85 right so I just think he's so safe and and even if he doesn't re- you know repeat last season which will be pretty difficult to do uh the floor is so safe that I'm not worried at all and I think the upside is you know one of these guys like David Johnson he wants to be the, the next 1,000 to 1,000 back right and I think McCaffrey is definitely one of the guys that that are uh you know in the discussion for being able to do that
0: Matt you're not concerned about the the talk in the last week or so maybe a little more than that now of of that coaching staff saying okay we want to limit his his exposure on the field but not necessarily his touches
2: no I I just I don't know who there else there is I mean unless Jordan Scarlett is really 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 good and or or they're just going to uh, go back to running with Cam, you know, 15 times a game or convert to a complete passing offense, a downfield passing offense with these new receivers, then I just don't see how they're going to get away from giving him, you know, 80% of, of the running back tishes, uh, uh, touches. And anyway, I had like 97% or something ridiculous last year. So maybe he doesn't hit that threshold, but I still think 85 to 90 is definitely in the conversation.
0: I completely agree with you that it seems like Christian McCaffrey, when he's on the field, is going to get the ball and get the ball a lot. But but that comment that we saw on Roto World or wherever you ha- may have seen it was was dumb. As far as I'm concerned, it it seemed like to me that they that the coaching staff in Carolina was saying, "Well, we don't want Christian McCaffrey on the field as much, but when he is, we want him to touch the ball." So obviously they they can't be that stupid. I'm. It just made me think that. If they're stupid enough to make the comment, then maybe there's at least a slight possibility that they're stupid enough to follow through. And when Christian McCaffrey is on the field early in the season, it's going to be a sign that he's going to get the ball. And if that's the case, that just doesn't add up to good things for McCaffrey or the Panthers.
2: I mean, half of his versatility, right, is the fact that they can do whatever with him on all three downs. he can play on all three downs and they can disguise plays and 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 you know he he plays a lot of the same role in the passing game as as their receivers do. So be able to mask those formations and everything. I just I don't know. <laughs> I just i just I don't get it at all, so i'm i'm not I'm just gonna ignore it and, and move on.
0: yeah. and and on our trip in Chicago, Ryan brought his copy of Warren Sharp's book. Where they talked about the Panthers' offense and how they were willing to throw to Christian McCaffrey, particularly early in in the down sequence, so on first down and such, and and it seems like they had a lot of success there. If that continues, maybe maybe Christian McCaffrey has the same type of season, maybe even more. I'm certainly a McCaffrey believer. Uh, anybody that's not seems silly to 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 in in my opinion. I guess uh, Ryan. Let's transition over to you. Who's the home run dynasty pick for you in 2019?
1: Yeah, mine, mine won't be a surprise either. I went with Juju Smith-Schuster. You you look at the top five wide receivers according to ADP right now. It's DeAndre Hopkins. He's 27 years old. And then you have Odell Beckham, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, all 26 years old and then juju kind of stands out as just a 22 year old so um just just kind of knowing that knowing when those receivers start to uh lose a little bit of value and and not that we expect any of those other guys to fall out of the first round or anything like that but uh 27 28 is, is certainly when we start seeing that dip happen uh, i expect juju to be the wide receiver one, um, by the end of the regular season, uh, according to ADP. So he is, he's my home run pick. Yeah. He,
0: it'd be a home run for sure. Juju has been your guy for a long time. It's not just been, been, (laughs) been just recently Ryan. So I'm, I'm on board. I'm certainly, I love Juju. I have him as high as number two right now. Um, so so I'm with you on that for sure. Another guy I'm with is Alvin Kamara. Another guy that's certainly not a surprise for anybody. 138 carries, 645 yards, 6 touchdowns, 21 catches, 170 receiving yards on 27 touches. No, that's not Kamara. That's Mark Ingram's numbers from a year ago. So those have to go somewhere, right? And... I guess most of us would immediately say that Latavius Murray is going to garner up those touches and and maybe get those opportunities that Ingram left behind in New Orleans. But really, that that hasn't been the case to this point in his career. While early in his career in Oakland, he did have a couple of of 30 and 40 year 40 yard or 40 catch seasons. He hasn't been that dynamic player in the pass-catching game and certainly has been nothing more than average or replacement level as a runner, especially on the outside. Kamara offers so much more, and it seems like now is the time as Kamara reaches his peak or or his prime that he's going to be the focal point of that offense and, and at, at the very least the focal point of that backfield even more than he has been in the past. If there's a guy that could immediately jump, including Christian McCaffrey uh, into the number one spot at running back going into next year, I would bet on, on Alvin Kamara. Uh, I know McCaffrey doesn't have the, the competition in the backfield like Kamara does, but man, he's so talented and that, that quarterback and that, that, Uh, play caller with Sean Payton, uh, that Drew Brees and Payton connection seems like they're all going to point to Kamara and say, that's our ticket to, to being the best team in the NFC. I think they're going to do it this year. Kamara,
1: Kamara is the guy that's going to be the one-on-one in 2020. Uh, Yeah. For me, I, I like, I mean, both of the running backs, I think make a lot of sense. You started to see some, some concern with Saquon Barkley as, as the top guy. And, he he quickly moved up to that 101 spot during his rookie season and and after the 2018 season was over he he was holding tight to that and was the unanimous 101 in in our mock drafts uh, but as the offseason has gone along there's been more and more concern about just the quality of the Giants roster um, and and these injuries and suspensions and other things have not helped so you know how much how much of a workload can Barkley handle, and is is seeing a, a just a ton of touches a good thing, or um, you know, or not long term for Barkley's value? So, I, I do think there is a a window for Kamara or McCaffrey to to sneak into that top overall spot. Yeah, and that's that's really the reason that I kind of thought Kamara is the
0: is the guy that if anybody's going to jump into that top spot it it would be him Uh, no shade on Christian McCaffrey for sure and and really Zeke if he reports and and gets in there and and has the type of season that he has in the past and that we all expect from him there's certainly the potential for him to be that guy as well so that that really wrapped up our our trip to Chicago in a nutshell with the exception of one thing and that was the the late night scene for the DLF crew in Chicago, no, we weren't, uh, we weren't hitting the clubs of Chicago or anything like that. Instead, we were playing some fantasy football dynasty really themed games. So with that, I thought to finish this show, Ryan, we we would play one now. And and Ryan, since you came up with so many great ideas for Chicago and those fantasy football themed games, why don't you host uh, a round of of Fantasy football ADP Battleship
1: on the DLF Dynasty podcast. All right, that sounds good. We'll we'll wrap it up with this. We've got some new August ADP. We've played ADP Battleship on here. I think we actually originated that game on here. And uh, Matt and and John Bosch have. Made it even better over on Dynasty game night. So we'll we'll give that a shot. We're going to look at the some of the top quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends uh, based on August ADP. And, and guessing the top guys or predicting the top guys would just be way too easy. So we're going to look at the bottom half of the top 12. We're going to look at uh, players that are ranked 7 through 12 according to ADP. Uh, and see how close we can get uh, to those guys. So uh, in the past, we've played the battleship game with, with kind of an elaborate point scoring system of having to nail exactly which uh, draft position they are. But uh, I think this is a little more challenging, and we want to make sure we are able to get this all in uh, in, our, in our time tonight. So we'll, uh, we'll abandon the points, and we're just going to go to a straight guessing game players ranked 7 through 12 at any of those four positions. And Dan, we'll start with you.
0: Well, 7 through 12 makes things really interesting and and I you know, I applaud you Ryan for not telling us that ahead of time so we so we knew what to prepare ourselves for. I think I'm going to go to the quarterback position and stay incredibly safe to give myself a little bit more time to think. I
1: will say Carson Wentz Carson Wentz is not in that 7-12 to 12 range, so you're not starting out too well. <laughs> what? Uh, not a safe call. Carson Wentz is up inside the top six now. Matt, you're already in good shape. You haven't even guessed yet. I'm feeling pretty good already, just like I did
2: this weekend on <laughs> all of our games against
1: O. Ouch! Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Cam Newton. I think that's pretty safe. Cam Newton is there. He's the quarterback nine this month. <sighs>
0: that's horrible um
1: i will go with jared goff then jared goff also not in the top 12 he hasn't risen up he's actually fallen down he's outside of that qb1 range now matt uh well very interesting i'm gonna go russell wilson all right russ is quarterback seven and and you can do any of the positions any positions are available matt leads two zip I think I better transition
0: then and go to another position. I'll go over to running back and say
1: Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is RB8 this month. You're on the board, Dan, with one point.
2: I'm just going to follow Dan around because it seems like I can pick up some scraps. So I'll jump over to running back, too, and uh, I'll take Dalvin Cook.
1: You got it. Dalvin Cook is right behind Chubb. RB9. Seems like if
0: it went Chubb Cook, it would probably go James Connor next. So I'll take him.
1: Uh, close. Connor's on the list. He's actually the RB seven ahead of those two guys. Oh, okay.
2: I'm gonna. Ooh, I'm gonna take David Johnson, but I
1: don't feel great about it. Yeah, you shouldn't. David Johnson is in the top six, so he's not uh, not scoring any points for this game. Dan, get this one, and you're tied up. I need it, uh, and I'm intimidated now at the running
0: back position, so I'll jump over to wide receiver and I'll take
1: Keenan Allen, just barely. Keenan Allen is the wide receiver eleven.
2: That's 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 not you guys. Draft Keenan Allen higher.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'm going to take uh, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is wide receiver nine. Uh, how about? Stefan Diggs then? Uh, yes, right in the middle, Diggs is wide receiver 10. I will go, Julio. wide receiver eight. You guys are crushing this. Matt leads five to four. Oh, the pressure's on. I
0: think uh, I don't feel good about I'm, I'm going to stick with wide receiver, and I'll say AB is is 12.
1: He is with the wide receiver 12. All right guys, just in the interest of time, we're going to say the first one to 7. First one to 7. So there's several players still available. Matt's turn. You you each have 5 points.
2: There's there's one left at wide receiver, right? One wide receiver left, right? Yeah, I don't I don't like that at all. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to move on. <laughs> I'm going to say TJ Hawkinson.
1: Hawkinson is the tight end 8. So you're on the board, you're 1 point away from winning the game. Dan? <sighs> I will take Noah Fant then. Noah Fant is actually outside of the top 12. I think I've lost the game. <laughs> I think you're in trouble, Matt. <laughs> one one name to win the game here. I'm going to say Matt Ryan for the win. Matt Ryan, good name, good point. Quarterback 10, you win the game. We'll go over a couple of others before we wrap up. Uh, Kyler Murray is quarterback eight. Jameis Winston, quarterback 11, Dak Prescott, 12. You guys missed a couple of the running backs. Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon all in there. The wide receiver you were missing is Tyreek Hill. We had talked about him uh, last week, I think, maybe the week before. Would he regain that value? He's 13th overall. So, yes, he quickly regained that value right back to where he was and the tight ends, David Joku, Eric Ebron, Austin Hooper, Dallas Goddard. And one of the guys we talked about tonight, Mark Andrews, is in that tight end one range. He's at tight end 12 overall. Wow.
0: So Andrews took a big jump. I don't know if we can necessarily uh, allow you to call Andrews a sleeper anymore, Matt. So while you won <laughs> our fair. game, you are eliminated from the podcast. I win. <laughs> With that, let's call that the end of this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Baseball season's underway. better ready for a brand new.